Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Thanks for joining us and welcome. I get to talk to Ben today, and we're going to talk about what it means to be a man. Is it all about facial hair? <laughs> is it all about epic feats like hiking the Appalachian Trail solo? Or is manhood a disaster? You know, toxic masculinity and all that kind of stuff. What does culture say? What does wisdom say? So that's what we're going to talk about today. We asked mm. Ben because we heard he was pre-med in college and also got a D1 athletic scholarship and a doctor athlete. Nothing says manhood like that. Oh, is man. that what we're talking about? Yeah. And so I think we have to begin uh, <laughs> with kind of asking broadly the question, what is manhood? Yeah. What is it? And so it kind of depends on where you look and, how, and who you ask, right? So if you look to scripture, you'll see one answer, a holistic answer, I think a, the right answer. But when we kind of broadly look at culture, we, we find ourselves in a really interesting point. Hmm. We seem kind of stuck between that hyper-masculine, bodybuilding, military spy. Me? The one, the, yeah, the, uh, the one that <laughs> no, we take sorry, after. sorry. And then on the other side, where it does seem very much mm. in our day, this idea that where masculinity is toxicity. Mm. So on yeah. one end, we have Rambo, muscles, grunge, strength, stripped of all his ideals, purposes, and emotions. Mm. But That's on the true. other end, we have the opposite, a rejection much of the strength and stereotypical manly qualities that we find with all that's left being the passive, and I find often passive-aggressive male, hmm. more focused on not making waves than building, than building, growing, and serving. Hmm. So what's happened with this? Naturally, men, I think, have become very confused of what it means to be a man. Yeah, when on right. one end you have this Rambo figure, on the other you have uh, sometimes this, this man focused on very other things. Are we called then to be the ripped, loud, aggressive, bravado-y, wealthy executive that seems to classify all these masculine tributes or attributes? Or maybe it's the guy on the other end who is hyper in touch with his feelings. Mm. who likes the finer things and is passionate about social issues. And I find that the hardest part when we're asking this question is both of these caricatures mm. are revealing good and helpful aspects, right? but incomplete insights about what manhood ultimately is. So is manhood simply our outward looks, our abilities, the job that we hold, the amount of money that we make, our perceptions of our feelings or others, or maybe it is something more. And I'm so glad you're here to solve that. Yeah, us. I'm going to once and for all <laughs> definitively. Well, no, but what I like is the four key anchor points of what manhood is that yeah. you've developed and researched and seen. And I'd love to get us talking about what maybe are better than, you know, ripped on the one end or whatever <laughs> the other end was, you know, ways that we can begin understanding yeah. what manhood is. So tell us what they are. So first, it's intentionality. Uh, when I think of intentionality, I think of the, the U.S. military did a case study on looking specifically at Navy SEALs on their goal settings. Hmm. And so th they, they asked this incoming class, asked them, why do you want to be a Navy? Or why are you yeah. doing this? Yeah. Because if you're going to go through six months of this crazy amount of training, you have to have a good reason. And unsurprisingly, they all said, I want to be a Navy SEAL. Well, great. That's a good reason. <laughs> 
But the study then followed the class of men through the first few months of training, asking them to fill out questionnaires and surveys, and it revealed a lot of their motivations and goals. In other words, they asked, why are you still here? Why are you still putting yourself through this? What is it that you want? And so here's what they found. Hmm. What they found was that nearly all of the men who remained, which was only 20% of the initial right. group of people, had made a mental shift in their goals, reducing them from the big picture, I want to be a Navy SEAL, to the short term. I just want to make it to the next meal. Mm. So the study began to reveal that each man was being intentional to set out achievable goals, so to be a Navy SEAL, and to make intentional and achievable steps to get there to make it to the next meal, to get across that hill, to get this log off my shoulder, to make it back to the beach. So here's the big question. Are men being this intentional with their lives, with their wives, with their friendships, hmm. with their jobs? I think one of the big problems is that men aren't being this intentional with That's their lives, yeah. with, their, with their marriages, with their friendships, with their kids. And I think it's leading to a just a, a brokenness of manhood of of uh, yeah just of manhood in general. And I think it comes out of this that men need a goal to strive for. I think on the whole we we like to have something that we can accomplish that we that I need to accomplish this. I want to succeed in that, and I want to be like be like that guy, hmm. which is probably one of the reasons why so many people find so much life when they're in high school because those things are just given yeah, to them. Yeah, that's right. Whether it's sports, whether it's academics, it doesn't matter. They have that right out in front of them. Hmm. And so what I think we find is a lot of men, we we find them in kind of drifting towards what we want and, and where we want to be. The problem is life just doesn't work like of drifting towards the great next success or the or into the man, the kind of man that we want to be or into that high paying, often high, like slightly higher responsibility job. We have to take action and take specific steps to get there. We need to be intentional. Mm -hmm. Which is so interesting because as I preach, you know, that's what I say all the time about our life with Christ. Mm. We need to be intentional. We don't just drift into holiness. Yeah. But I never thought of that next level of, I don't just drift into great manhood either. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that, that's, that's one good. of the, the same things I, I preach to our students. You know, it's, it's, life is a lot like a river and that river is never pushing you towards the direction you're really wanting to go. Mm -hmm. So when you just hands off, you drift further and further away from that. Okay, so manhood is intentionality, or intentionality yeah. brings manhood. And it's at least a first key factor first of it. First key factor. So here's the second, and it's responsibility. Okay. So let me, let, let's talk about what responsibility is, sure. because I think yeah. it's one of those words that we always are hearing, and we go, yeah, responsibility, that's good. I want to be responsible, but we have no idea what it usually means. Huh. or what it often looks like in our lives. So I think the primary idea of responsibility always deals with ownership. Hmm. So it's the businessman who wants to move up to be an executive. He takes on more responsibilities at work to be noticed, to move up. It's the student who wants to convince his parents to let him stay out later, to get his driver's license or begin dating. He starts showing his parents he's responsible with good grades by doing chores and behaving, listening to them. The responsible parent who watches over their child and doesn't leave them alone. It's just being responsible. It's the child who took responsibility for his mistake and fessed up and apologized. Mm, yeah. I think in each one of these examples, the person is taking ownership of something more than they already did. The extra work, 
Take, take, say that again, taking ownership of something more. That's yep. great. A great definition of responsibility. And so it's the extra work, the, the extra burden of the job. The, uh, it's, it's taking ownership of the other person, mm-hmm. the problem, the mistake, the different viewpoint or the agenda. The responsi- responsibility is taking ownership of something. And this is what it means to be responsible for something. And it's exactly why people are more responsible for things they literally own. <laughs> they own it. Yeah. better when they literally own it because it's taking ownership and you already own it. I mow my lawn way better than I mowed my parents' lawn at 16. Absolutely. That's it. And I, I got you. And I, I you. always take care of the things that I had to work for and buy with my own money than the things that my parents or whoever has bought for me. Mm-hmm. And so what's interesting, this is exactly what guys like Jordan Peterson have been arguing. Hmm. Like in, 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 in his book, 12 Rules for Life and tons of his other lectures where he said this, treat yourself like you are someone you are responsible for helping. In other words, take ownership of your mm, life. Yeah. So what does this mean for us? It means responsibility and ownership give us rules to live by. Hmm. That's where we kind of find those life mottos, those rules that we, that we go through life with. Like we have the problem, like I want to be an honest person. We'll tell the truth. Right. I want, I want to be organized. Keep your room clean. That's straight out of Peterson. Mm-hmm. I want to be successful. Pursue what's meaningful. I want to be perse- perseverant. I want to be able to make it through my job or make it through the day or, or stay in my marriage. Well, I will be grateful in spite of the suffering or the hard parts. Mm. Each one of these is a desire that's then met with a responsibility. And I also think we need to start small. Like, Often we want these big, great things without the, we have these big, great desires without always the follow through and the responsibility right there in that moment to take care of them. So this is exactly what, uh, and it blew up on the internet and it has over and over again, that Admiral McRaven, I think that's how you say his name, famously said in one of his speeches, we've all heard it, where he says, if you Mm -hmm. want to change the world, start off by making your bed. That's true. Now, that's not the guy that said wear sunscreen. Remember about oh, 15 years ago? Yeah. Wear sun- no, no. All right. You want to change the world, start off by making your bed. So it's having intentional goals. It's what are the intentional steps you need to take ownership of. It's breaking it down to its smallest pieces so they're bite-sized and you can manage them. Mm-hmm. But here's the other thing that I found and why I care so much about men being responsible in their lives. It secures you down. Hmm. And it's a good thing. I think one of the pinnacle indulgences of our day is freedom. And freedom's good. And I'm not saying that it's not. But the ability to move, say, and do whatever and whatever we want is so just infatuating for us. So autonomy. Yeah. Like I can make my own choices. Yeah. So what many young men do is forsake responsibility, I think, for freedom, for autonomy. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of responsibility is responsibility also secures you to work and push forward in difficult times. It's the reason why we stay. It's our first inclination is that when things get hard, that we jump ship and move to the next comfortable vessel. But when you have responsibility, when it's your job to make sure the food's cooked or that uh, the vessel is still floating or that the wood goes there or whatever it is, we're, we're, we're less willing to just jump ship as quickly as the storm hits. And I, and I found this in my own life. That I think one of the, 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 the kindest graces that God, if I can say this, like has shown me in my life was getting involved very quickly in the local church when I got saved at 21. Hmm. Only a few months after I came to know the Lord, I started volunteering as a student ministry intern, right? And they were, they were more kind 
to me than I was helpful. <laughs> and, and it wasn't such a, an important thing because, because I wanted to go into ministry and I got to learn exactly what it was. Right. But I just wanted to be around people who were in the church. And as time went on, my responsibilities grew, right? Every Sunday, I had to make sure the pins were out. That was my job when I first started. And I, and I knew I had to be there or the pins wouldn't get put out. And every Wednesday night, my job was to print off all the half sheets or the whole sheets or whatever we were going through. And I knew if I didn't show up, those probably wouldn't get printed. Mm. Or when my, when my job was to teach the small group or to invite uh, the new students in and make sure they felt welcome. I knew I had to be there because, and I was there all every Sunday or every Wednesday night because if I didn't, that wouldn't, that might not happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. See, one of the few things that kept me latched to the church when life felt so tumultuous and confusing was that I had a job to do. I had a responsibility. Mm-hmm. I had to show up or something might get missed. Responsibility is important. It keeps us into the things that we take responsibility in. Does that make sense? That's really good. And I love how you link it to ownership. Yeah. Because that's the other word. Like, that's the way you say it. Like, a, every teacher wants to help their kids take ownership of their learning. Hmm. And every parent wants to help their children take ownership of whatever it is in life. So I appreciate that. So, so far, we've got intentionality. Yeah. And now we've got responsibility, two of the key uh, hallmarks of what real manhood is, intentionality, responsibility. Go on to the third one, because this actually, it gets really fun now. Yeah, and the third one is one that I think we often leave out because it's outside of just who, like just personal. Yeah, it's, yeah. And it's the opposite of personal. It's community. And then inside of that, accountability. Community and accountability. Yep. Okay. Uh, a couple of months ago, we, you and I, we kind of land on this article where it was talking about uh, this cultural lie that... Uh, that men must have it together. And we found this article that said, thou shalt be needed, but never needy. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as I, as I kind of wrestled with, it, I was like, man, that is so true for my life. And I think it's true for so many others that men are facing social problems that we're, we're unsure how to kind of uh, like hurdles that we're unsure how to get over and that are breaking up our communities that we're in. Like my relationship with other guys in a, in a bigger community and thus breaking up that accountability. And so I think what, as I've kind of prayed through this and thought through this, what are the, what are a couple of problems that men are facing? Mm. The first one is that men are disconnected from many relationships that offer them growth, accountability and nourishment, which sadly leads to loneliness. It leads to withdrawals, uh, from community, Mm. depression, anxiety, and even in some extreme cases, suicide. Mm. Like, the stats are in. When men are disconnected from community, there are real issues that arise from it. Which is the danger of the last year of the COVID experiment? Yeah. I mean, it just is part of the danger. And so what we found is that the result is disconnected and really, unfortunately, discontent men. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it comes from a lot of male relationships are more shoulder to shoulder. It's watching the game. It's sitting on the couch together than it is ever face to face. Like I was just having this conversation with a cu- like a couple buddies of mine and, a, and even a mentor of mine. It was like, for most of us, it's fine when we talk this like shoulder to shoulder, but when we go face to face as men, it feels weird because mm-hmm. there's this, it's a, it's a upstep of intimacy at some level. And it, it's just like, man, I don't know. I didn't know I was ready for that. Well, that's why guys go hiking together or go on a road mm. trip together. Road trips are shoulder to shoulder. And we're not going out for coffee together like yeah. our wives are. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We don't have those long conversations. And but we do have them. They're just that, driving right. 400 yeah. miles to the mountains. 
True. And so that's kind of the first problem. And then the next, the second and third is that it's hard for many guys to make lasting and fruitful relationships. Again, this just keeps kind of building upon itself. And then what we see why is that men are often very just protective of their time. And a lot of that's really good stuff, like protecting their family and doing the things that they just happen to like to do or things that fulfill their careers. A lot of it's pushing the things that they already have going for them. And it just, it fills up their calendars. Mm -hmm. It's not good necessarily. Some of them are good, but it's not necessarily bad either. Right, right. But all of this together has led to this major problem that men have largely become disconnected and are missing out, in my opinion, on one of the most helpful, encouraging, and fruitful parts of society, community. <laughs> That's right. And here's what I love. And this will just kind of be in my world, but I think community is the gem for maturity and manhood. I think huh. it's where men are really, like you're working out your manhood. You're working out that maturity in community. Like it's not like we don't actually grow our manhood in a real gym. Like I don't care how much you lift. Like it's great. Yeah, I think yeah. it's good for you, whatever, right? Yeah. But it's community that's the real place where we're working out our manhood. And we're working out what it means to be mature. Mm -hmm. It's where you get to test out skills, thoughts, ideas, and gifts. Like all of those good things that God has given you, you get to kind of test those out in community. And here's probably the best part. It's also where you get to be shot down. Hopefully <laughs> kindly. That's true. Yeah, yeah. But it's also like there are some times where, man, I was like, look, this is sad. There was a point where I thought I was a really good singer. I was like, oh, I might have a future in this. That is sad. And I, and I remember Your lack admitting of that to someone. self-awareness is amazing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, I remember saying that to someone. They're like, brother, yeah. <laughs> you've got some gifts, but that's just not anywhere close to them. Yeah, but you were in Nashville. Everybody wants to be a singer. Everybody in wants to be there. And and maybe I could be somewhere else, but there, you know, the <laughs> You almost said here. <laughs> no, it's so, true. Well, and and I think back, I think, you know, like people are in different churches and different churches have different models for discipling, mm -hmm. but what every church I've been involved in, including here at Grace, this idea of small group or house church where folks are in these small bite-sized community where it's not just rows and a preacher but it's a circle with the word open and we're learning from each other mm. through the word. And then you're doing stuff because, you know, some of the house churches, they, over the summer, they meet every second week. The women meet one week, the guys meet the other week and they alternate weeks. And yeah. that guy to guy time, whether you're uh, fishing or shooting skeet or, you know, cooking wings and studying scripture, that's great time. Yeah. That's community. And, and I think changes life. one specific house church that does that. And I, I do find it interesting, maybe I'm skewing this a little bit, but it seems like a lot of guys flock to that one in the summer just to be like, hey, man, I want to, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. Like, and they just, never a, let me in. I, well, you, <laughs> They always tell me it's full. <laughs> <laughs> There's a base level bench press you have to hit oh, you know, to get into that, uh, that group, I think. Right. Uh, but community is where we just find accountability. Yeah. It's where we find support uh, outside of just immediate family even and like where you can just rely on people. And, it's, and here's the thing it's a major aspect of your growth to be able to have to trust other people and to yeah, be able to rely true. on them and just be able to be open, yeah. which leads me into the last one. Mm -hmm. And one of the ones that I think is one of the hardest, if not the hardest of all of these. And it's one that, because we don't think about it a lot, a lot, in my opinion, and it's called emotional honesty. Hmm. So there was a men's health article that was written not too long ago. And it asked the question, why are male friendships so hard to maintain? And so it was an article and interview with, uh, author Cleo Stiller, who wrote the book 
Modern Manhood. It's it's a it's a good book. It was helpful. And again, to answer the question, why are male friendships so hard to maintain? And so they they looked at a couple of studies, and in 2017, the study found that men value male friendships. We call them often bromances. Why not? <laughs> uh, they value them too bad. as much or even more than some of the intimate relationships that they're in. That mm. which is telling of some things. Yet the problem is, as we get older, so many of our male friendships begin to split or lose track. Like this is just the course of life, it seems. In college, we have so many of these bromances, and like, man, we'll never, we'll, we're always the best friend, and we tell each other everything, and then it seems like five, ten years later, we, where are they? Mm-hmm. And so here's one of the things that Stiller says: is according to Stiller, there's a disparity among how women and men approach their own friendships. Deep friendships, she said, involve sharing of your emotions, stories, and secrets. Women are socialized to do this from a young age. Men, not so much. Hmm. The effect is that so few men actually talk to other men about what they're going through. So what's Cleo's answer? Two things, communication and emotional honesty. Men need to be open and honest to themselves and the people around them about what they're actually feeling. What's going on in your heart? What's going on in your head? Hmm. See, I think emotional honesty is the ability to be open and honest about what you're thinking the way you're feeling, and what exactly is it that you want? It's taking a proper assessment of who you are, your habits, your inclinations, and and who you are into account when you're trying to answer those difficult questions or when you're in conversations with people. It's being honest that you're fearful, timid, feeling weak, or whatever you are used to hiding. Because, look, as men, we have this sense of, we want to put on, a, a, I think, a persona. Or we want people to see this certain picture of who we are, and it's almost never someone who, who's hurting. Mm-hmm. It's never someone who's in because because emotional pain or pain in general, we say, is weakness. It's not. Being willing to be open to that, that's a true mark, I think, of manhood and masculinity and, yeah. and maturity above probably all of that. Mm. And so one of the biggest pitfalls I see in a lot of men, and because I, I, I've seen this in myself, is that is that like we often lie to ourselves about what's going on inside our own heads and our own hearts. Mm-hmm. We often find it's easier to believe a lie than face the reality of the situation. I remember doing that when I was in college when it felt like my sports career was coming to an end. It's like, man, like it's just easier to believe that we are destined to play sports in college than to ever face the reality. Maybe we're not as good as we once were. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're not as good, that we're not good enough anymore. It's easier to believe that it's our spouse's fault than the reality that maybe we're the problem. Emotional honesty is being able to just go, like to assess the situation and to see that, man, the feelings that I have may not actually measure up to the reality of the situation. And I need to be open and honest with myself about that. Mm. Emotional honesty is facing those fears head on, I think. Not avoiding them. It's being willing to work through them and be actually open with them. And so the beauty is this, I think, begins with humility. Mm-hmm. You see, the key to emotional honesty is knowing that you don't have to have everything together. But too often right now, we, we've learned all our lessons of manhood from the movies, mm-hmm. where men are perfect by the end of it. Yeah. And I, I can resonate with so much of the, of the men in the movies up until the end when they figure it all out. 
I think we need the reminder that we're not them and it's okay to be hurting. It's okay to feel wrong. It's okay to be messy. It's okay to be messed up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think to end just pretty practically, as men, we need to make sure that we're being emotionally honest in at least three places. Mm-hmm. The first is with yourself. Like, be honest. Are you really going to do what you're saying you're going to do? We have these great aspirations and dreams. I'm going to start running five miles every day. Well, you haven't ran one in probably 10 years. Are you going to start running five every day? I don't know. Maybe. But can we be honest and look at who we are? Are you actually feeling that way? Are you really that upset about this? Is this the reality of the situation? Is it really their fault? That's the emotional honesty question for me. (laughs) Mm. And is is that really what's going on? It's being just assessing the situation, assessing yourself, trying to strip away everything and just look at it for what it is and know, okay, man, am, am I, are they really the one at fault or am I? Mm-hmm. It's just being willing to face that. Mm-hmm. And then it's with your group. So maybe it's a men's group. Maybe it's your small group. Maybe it's your house church. If you're here, whatever it is, having that group of people, can you be honest with them? Yeah. And then lastly, it's with your wife. Mm-hmm. Can you be open? Can you admit that you're hurting? Can you admit mm-hmm. that you messed up? Can you repent to your wife? Mm-hmm. Can you admit that you don't have it all together? We need to be emotionally honest with ourselves, with our groups, with our with our wives. Mm-hmm. And paradoxically, that makes a stronger marriage. Amen. When, when you when you don't pretend that you're so strong that you don't need any help, but when you say, "Honey, can you help me with this?" Mm-hmm. or "I'm wrestling with this concept or this idea or this past," or yep. yeah, I, I think so. Ben, thank you, because uh, what, what I see in these four things, intentionality and responsibility and community and accountability, and then emotional honesty, I just see a blueprint or framework for how we can grow into the men Jesus wants us to be. I mean, you, you, what I appreciated about how you did all this thinking was it wasn't just, hey, let's do a Bible study and we'll see six verses that... But rather, you said, what's the world saying and where does this overlay the wisdom of Scripture? And I think you look at Jesus and he's all these things. He's intentional, he's responsible, he's in yep. community all the time, and he's emotionally honest. And I think you can see that all the way through the Gospels. Uh, we could actually do a great study on all of those with him, but we'd have to do another episode. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> thank you for doing all this work and getting us thinking. Even at Grace, you know, we're, we're pairing up mentors. Like what we want to do is help guys under 40 with guys over 50 learn from life together a little bit and you've been Mm. such a big part of that and i just thank you for your help on that on this thinking through manhood and giving us anchor points such a joy man yeah well thank you and thank you all for joining us like and subscribe share leave a comment we'd love to hear from you and we'll see you next time this is a ministry of grace fellowship church in kinston north carolina visit gracekinston.org or follow us on facebook and instagram